0: What is going on, everybody? Uh, this week's episode of the Golf Guide podcast is, uh, I'm not going to say it's presented by, but it's its certainly made possible uh, by the fact that uh, I'm going to be hosting two trips to uh, some of the Pacific Northwest's very finest golf destinations. That's right. We're going to Gamble Sands Thursday, October 10th through Sunday the 13th, and then we are going to none other than Bandon Dunes Golf Resort December 13th through the 17th, and I want you to join me. So if that is of any interest to you, go to golfguide.net, click on the events tab at the top of the web page, and there you will find information and registration for trips to Gamble Sands and Bandon Dunes Golf Resort in 2019. We've got some great deals for you guys, some cool swag to give away, and a lot of good times. Uh, World-class golf, strong libations, great food. Uh, and I hope you guys are able to join me. All right, without any further delay, um, this week's episode, we are previewing the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach with my friend Jess Stiemack. Uh, We talk, even though this is a golf podcast, we talk a little Warriors basketball for about five minutes here at the top. So, uh, if you are just it- it- itching and thirsting to get to some good old fashioned golf talk, I'd say go ahead and skip ahead uh, a few minutes. But uh, otherwise, I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode of the Golf Guide Podcast.
1: I'm <laughs> a oh, yes. oh.
0: Hello, everybody. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Golf Guide podcast. Uh, I am your host, Kyle Serlo, and very happy to be with you. It is U.S. Open week, and it's not just any U.S. Open for us Northern California residents. It is our flagship U.S. Open that uh, takes place right in our own backyard, and I could think of no one better to help break it down with me and dissect and discuss every aspect of the 2019 U.S. Open, then my friend, the founder and senior writer at handshakesandbirdies.com, he is also the lone resident atop the summit of the internet blogging universe. His name (laughs) is Mr. Jess Stemak. Boat, how are you? God damn it, it's good to hear your voice.
2: I'm hot. (laughs) i'm hot and i'm currently hydrating it's so hot oh good to be on kyle i'm really excited uh i think uh pebbles should uh just be perfect this
0: week oh it's it's gonna be absolutely fantastic and uh for a little context for some of the listeners out there uh we are recording this podcast tuesday of uh of u.s open week and we northern california is in the midst of just a pandemically savage heat wave. Uh, It it is really costing a lot of golf courses, a lot of afternoon business, so we we certainly don't like that, but because we love you, the listener, we are persevering, we are getting after it, and uh, we are not going to be stopped or slowed down.
2: No, you got to push through.
0: No, no, we are not going to push through. Now, as a little disclaimer to everybody, we were planning on recording this podcast last night, on the Monday night of the U.S. Open Week. However, our beloved favorite basketball team, the Golden State Warriors, uh, were busy staving off elimination, fighting and winning a what I can only expect will be an unbelievably historic win for a championship-tested team that will not be remembered for anything other than a tragic injury to arguably the best player in basketball. But before we jump into golf, I have to ask you, do you have any thoughts that you want to share with me or our listeners uh, on what we watched and experienced as basketball fans last night?
2: I mean, from an injury standpoint, I've had friends that have ruptured and, and, and torn Achilles. The way he reacted in the Houston series, that didn't look like a calf injury. And when they showed him icing. The ice wasn't on, it's down near the ankle at the bottom of the Achilles. Uh, so, you know, the Achilles is the tendon that attaches the calf muscle to the heel. Uh, you know, it, it never looked like a calf injury. Uh, they probably got away saying it was a calf strain just because it was probably a high partial tear, uh, in the Achilles. But last night that move uh, it, it was, it was hard, to it was so hard to watch. But what I, I take away from that is the media is so wrong about Kevin Durant. You see Bob Myers reaction for a guy who literally knows that at any point he could, I mean, so tearing when you tear it is inevitable. It's just, is it going to happen quickly or is it going to be drawn out over time, depending on how many quick movements you make? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it was inevitable. And I'm guessing that the Warriors staff and Durant basically got to a place where they were okay with the risk reward of him doing it because he knew he was gonna have to have surgery to repair it at one point, anyways. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Um it's it's dude, Bob Myers is beating himself up. I guarantee the entire staff is uh Kevin Durant is, is is a true sense of a warrior. That was pure guts. Those 11 points, I will never forget as a Warriors fan. That was like, if you don't think that guy's a team guy, um, the guy, he just wants, like, who said it? Uh, you know, when they were getting on him in the beginning of the year, he's like, I just want to play basketball. That is resonating so hard with me right now. Mm -hmm. Like, that's all the guy wanted to do is play basketball. You know what I mean? He doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to do all the media commitments. The guy just wants to play basketball. And it could have been more obvious last night, putting it all on the line, and it ended up being – it turned out to be a pretty big 11 points that he scored. Yeah. You know,
0: you bring up a really good point, and that's one thing that I had not heard all of the dipshit talking heads talking about where basically you're – so you're – you're surmising that it's possible that the injury was
2: basically uncurable already without surgery. It was. I was. I. My, I. I. I highly doubt that they were two separate injuries. I highly doubt there was a calf strain and there was no damage to the Achilles in Houston. Mm. And so possibly it looked that, like an Achilles. It like an. The way he looked back from everyone that's done it, it's like you look back like someone stepped on your foot. Right. And he looked. That didn't look like a cast strain. A cast strain is the guy grabbed the cat. He doesn't grab down near the ankle. Last night, when he grabbed the bottom of the ankle and he was literally trying to have control of pushing his foot forward, both, that's what happens when you. And clearly, the guy was already in pain. You know, they say rupture and her tearing and is extremely painful. The look on the guy's face it was a guy who was in shock. Nice. Um,. Uh, so I I I and I'm obviously not a doctor. And our good friend Matt Gopal, we were on a thread with. And he's like he's like, oh yeah, you're a doctor. And I'm like, I'm not saying what Doctor Gopal, but seriously, I don't think a cast strain. I don't think it was ever a calf strain. It, there's too many too many roads leading down to initial partial terror in the Achilles. Mm. Um, and I, I just it's unfortunate. Uh, he goes out. Looney is playing through so much pain. Dude. Clay Thompson, uh Boogie Cousins. It's like we've been so fortunate to win three without, you know, having any major injuries, right? This year, not the case. No. No. I, I think so, the Warriors
0: have had such remarkable luck concerning injuries oh. and health that uh I think, you know, karmically speaking, it's it's very very possible that uh, the four exceptional years of health that they've enjoyed prior to this one maybe is catching up with them a little bit, um, which yeah everyone everyone
2: has to get lucky to win championships. Yep. Everyone there there's not a, a championship team at some point during during the season didn't have something really go their way. You know what I mean? 100%. Like an injury that turned out to be two weeks instead of three months. Uh, it, it you you'd rather be lucky than good, uh, and they've just been a little bit unfortunate. But that being said. They're going, going back, back to Cali, Cali. <laughs> uh, they are favored to win at home, and then Game Seven—you never know what can happen in Game Seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clay, uh, I mean, th- him and Steph—that's the way they. Uh, those, I mean, those are not easy. Obviously, Clay was wide open after the pump fake, but that three Steph made coming off the coming off the <sighs> coming off the peel screen was yeah. just. Woo, uh, that was like I keep talking about. Kyle. We're spoiled to watch those guys.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. You're but aware my of this. my
2: main, main takeaway is Durant. The guy is an absolute warrior. Absolute. Pure, he's pure guts. He's yep. he's a
0: true warrior in in the sense of the word. I c- completely agree. Um, last question of the Golf Guide Basketball Hour before we actually move on to U.S. Open yeah. related uh, ha- happenings. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the national media's coverage? Uh, derelish coverage, dare I say, of the Toronto Raptors fans' passionate reaction to Kevin Durant savaging his Achilles.
2: That was uh the first thing that popped into my mind is when when he went down. Um, you saw one guy in the camera view; he's like yelling. And then there was almost another level of uh, happiness in the crowd when he tried to get up and couldn't walk. Um, that was for me. Uh, but boy that's, boy, that's it was one of the, the uglier, I
0: mean, uglier like it was one of the uglier scenes I've ever seen at a basketball game that didn't involve like some kind of a brawl.
2: You know what I mean? Like at a, least it, yeah, at least a few of the Raptors players. And had the wherewithal to realize it, um, and try and try and shish the crowd. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I will say, yeah,
0: I I will say this: if the Warriors somehow managed to pull two wins out of their ass, I mean, honestly, man, if I had to put my own money on Game Six, I would put it on the Raptors because, I mean, not that I I don't you know, it's not impossible the Golden State could win, but man, it, they just seem so outgunned <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> right now, but. I will say this: If somehow a miracle happens and they win Game Six, and then they go on and somehow manage to pull off a miracle and win Game Seven, even though the last couple minutes of that Warriors game and those three threes, you know, the Clay Steph Clay, you know, nine zero run, um, certainly is should be remembered for all time. I I honestly think the the karmic, you know, imbalance and all of a sudden the complete change. And it, that happened when those you know those fans cheered Kevin Durant getting injured. I think, you know, the karma. I'm yeah, a big, you
2: don't I, need to give you don't need to give uh, the Warriors more fuel. No, you I'm know a, what I mean? Yeah,
0: I'm a, I'm a big karma guy, and that was just a bad sign, man. I mean, and, and again, I say all this to you know, I, I think they're still going to win. They they are just much healthier. The talent that they have that is healthy uh, is is a lot larger in terms of the <laughs> the supply of talent they have that's healthy than the Warriors have. But uh No doubt. Oh man, that was uh the the basketball gods and the Juju gods didn't did not like that one bit. I certainly didn't. So uh we no. will see if that ends up uh ends up having any kind of a long term impact. But anyway, as I mentioned, that brings us to a conclusion at the Golf Guide basketball hour. So thank you all for listening. Uh again, we will try to bring you wildly remarkable and one of a kind insights uh on next on next week's basketball hour. But
2: Brought to you by Spalding and Drake.
0: (laughs) Uh, uh, Nice touch. Um, we got a U.S. Open to talk about here, man. So um, I'm I'm just going to jump right into it. i got a couple items of news uh, that I wanted to run by you, see if you had any uh, any thoughts on either of these things, Boat, and then uh, we'll jump into some of our uh, storylines that we're going to be keeping an eye on this week, and then we're going to be talking a little bit about Pebble Beach, the golf course. Uh, I'm especially excited to hear some of your input because uh, if the listeners are unaware, you were actually... Uh, Not only just an employee uh, at Pebble Beach's, you know, not just the resort, but at Pebble Beach, the golf course itself. But you actually have uh, some experience playing competitive rounds of golf at Pebble Mm -hmm. Beach as well. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to your insight Um, regarding that. I'm I'm assuming, you know, even though we didn't talk about it during our uh, our pre-show meeting, uh, I'm assuming that we're going to get, uh, you know, get all all, the no no chance list is certainly going to be back here, I would hope. Um, oh, yeah. and, and then we're going to be delving into a little bit of odds and whatever else crosses our minds. So, ah, oh, I'm excited. I, I I expect the listeners are as well. So, all right, let's get in here. Uh, let's jump right into the news here for you boat. So, uh, first thing, when one of the most famous caddies in the entire world is back in the fold this week. Uh, the gentleman yeah. who is on the bag for, what is it? 13, 12 or 13 of Tiger Woods, major championships, Mr. Stevie Williams is going to be caddying for Jason Day this week, uh, Jason Day has not confirmed if this is going to be a one-off or if this could be start becoming some sort of a consistent thing. Uh, Stevie Williams has, you know, did retire a couple years ago after carrying Adam Scott's bag for a little while. He does occasionally come out to carry the bag of uh, Danielle K- uh, Kang uh, on the LPGA Tour yep. once in a while. Um, do, do you have any thoughts on Stevie getting back into the fold at the same place where I he just... caddied the bag of a man who won this event by 15 strokes?
2: I just really wonder if he's going to wear that awful, awful Valvoline hat. Do you remember that? <laughs> uh, um,
0: it's incredible. I, I hope Steve still has it, and I hope he wears it.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jason Day is certainly trying to make a statement. Uh, pretty good guy to have all the bag. Um, you know, he's obviously t- saw a Tiger just absolutely dissect the golf course for four days. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a... Obviously it's probably a, a guaranteed fee, I'd say. Yeah. Um to get to get him out of retirement. It's like, hey, how about fifty grand for the week regardless? Uh, I think you probably jumped that a nice little vacation at Pebble. Mm-hmm. But uh pretty good guy to have on your bag at uh, at Pebble, no doubt. I, I would agree. Do you think
0: he is gonna make more or less than Matt Cooter's caddy this weekend?
2: Uh Cooch playing good. I'm gonna go with less.
0: Mm, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Although to be fair, I I feel is Jason Day healthy? Do you do you know what the health status is of Jason Day? I mean, dude, I just I just assume he's he's, mean, he's crippled somehow or he's hobbled somehow. But he's
2: I, like Christian Bale in the Batman movies. We never <laughs> know if he's gonna be able to catch the rope. I mean, we we don't know, dude. I mean, it's we never know how the guy is. It's
0: incredible. Oh, that was excellent. You never know. Oh, perfect. All right. Uh, next type of news here. Um, obviously last weekend Rory McIlroy uh shot a Sunday sixty one with two. <laughs> Two bogeys on the last three holes to shoot 61. Um, you know, I I feel like this is oddly familiar. Is, is, I feel is, like is, is the flame still burning? Yeah. Is the flame still burning? I, I mean, obviously this was not How's the he good the what, are, what are the reports? Are they good? I mean, are, are you going to be duped? I mean, as of right now, I mean, we'll certainly jump into odds a little bit later in this podcast. Yeah. But uh, Rory McElroy along with Dustin Johnson and Brooks Koepka, is the favorite, odds-wise, heading into this golf tournament, is there any reason to think that him winning a golf tournament before a major is going to be any different this time around and will actually help propel him into contention on Sunday afternoon?
2: Uh, yeah, it, it certainly doesn't hurt uh, it's much better than finishing T30. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I think it, it's definitely a positive. It's just, it's a, it's a long week, man. Uh, winning, you know, he's said in his press conference, he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be hung over tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> so you know, his his Monday was off to a, a half of a day probably. Uh perfect. Yeah, it's and I think his mindset is yeah, he's he's won majors, uh, but if he wins the tournament the week before, he's gonna celebrate it. And uh you know, I'm sure he's locked and loaded now, but uh no, the sixty one is nothing but positive vibes for him coming in there this week.
1: Mm. Yeah, that
0: is that is an exceptional round of golf. So good for Roy McIlroy. I mean, that's the thing is like I I wouldn't be betting on Rory to, you know, as you know, if I had to put some some yeah. capital down uh this weekend, he was not he's not the guy that I would do it so, but uh, I would be What what is what is he to
2: finish top 10? I think that would probably be a pretty safe bet. Uh, well, let's see here if I could pull up the odds.
0: I mean, he's He might pl- be like minus
2: minus 120. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: he he is plus uh 850 to win. Uh top five he's plus one seventy five. Top ten he's plus or he's minus one ten to finish in the top ten. One
2: ten. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, everyone's he he's all those people definitely see the sharpness and sixty one just re yeah. If you went bogey free 61, I wonder what results would have been. Um but yeah, no, he's you gotta like you gotta like him.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely wild. So uh let's hear next time out of news, uh Brooks Kepka has already spoken to the media this weekend Boat, I, I've just got an amazing breaking news for you. Can I, I I don't know if you know this. This is something we have never said before, but I, I, I'm breaking it to you right now on this podcast that is live for you and I, but going to be on a several-hour delay for everybody listening to this. Brooks yeah. Kepka is pissed off. No. I, I couldn't believe it myself when I read it, but Brooks Kepka, if you can imagine, feels like he is being slighted. By someone in the media. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love it. It's, the it continues. It, it, <laughs> uh, so, Brooks Kepka in a news conference uh, this week, uh, was very aware that a Fox News promo, or no, Fox News, I'm sorry, a Fox promo, uh, well, of course, Fox is going to be the uh, yep. channel broadcasting, yep. you know, broadcasting the tournament this weekend, and they put together some sort of a promo for the tournament that did not have... Brooks Kepka featured in it, and uh, he said that not only is it wrong, but that somebody either should have or hopefully did get fired over it. Now, Boat, I mean, this is this is just a logical next step.
2: Do you agree with Brooks? Was Koepka? he was he, ser- was he serious or, or being sarcastic? I, I, said, I, I don't. I, I only. I would imagine tra- he's being sarcastic. I only read the. Transcript. He doesn't strike me as guy that, that that says, "Oh, I need to be," you know. He just he talks with his clubs. Yes. I gotta believe he's being sarcastic
0: I, I, I would like to think he's being sarcastic I only read the transcript so uh, as you know as yeah. many of you know tone is very is very tough to uh, convey in yeah. in the written word but um, do you think Brooks is justified in his desire to have a hard-working uh, network employee lose uh, their paycheck and be forced to go out and absolutely live on the not
2: okay absolutely <laughs> not uh, if anything, <laughs> Brooks should send the guy a thank you note, exactly. because it seems like he he likes seems like he likes uh, playing with a chip on his shoulder. Well, I mean, okay, so
0: uh, that th- that was my question to you. Is it basically like, yeah, is is he at this point becoming so good that he's getting to the point where Michael Jordan was, and where you know Draymond Green finds himself sometimes where they're just looking for, reason, however, for, ridiculous, exactly, for sure. however ridiculous it may be, he's actually just looking for motivation, or do you think he's really just genuinely just playing around and just really doesn't give a shit and, like, doesn't, doesn't have motivation? He's,
2: I hope he's, I hope he's one, in contact. I hope he's 100% uh, being sarcastic because I I almost guarantee he was probably, like, really? Hashtag noted. <laughs> so, something along those lines. Like, uh, I don't – like, I, his manager – might have paid the guy off to not include him. Yeah, that's a that's such a great call. <laughs> oh, I know, just, oh,
0: it's phenomenal. I mean, in this same press conference, by the way, I, I'm kind of moving on to this next little part here. Uh, yeah. But still speaking of Brooks Koepka, when somebody uh, a a reporter of some kind uh, asked Brooks Koepka a question about the course setup and how, uh, if anybody's unfamiliar, you know, a lot of the rough that's going to be, you know, just a couple paces off the greens is just brutally long, brutally thick. Patrick Cantlay uh, put out a viral video. I'm not sure if it was Instagram or Twitter or something like that. Kind of demonstrating
1: just oh, how gnarly,
0: yeah, just how gnarly the rough is on some spots of the golf course. And uh, a reporter asked Brooks Kepka if he thinks it's fair, and his response uh, just stone cold is like, "Well, I, you know, if you just hit all the fairways and you hit uh, hit all the greens, it's not really going to be much of an issue, now, is it?" It's just—it's
2: uh, the perfect <laughs> yeah. answer.
0: It really is the perfect answer. I feel like that's actually something that we might have seen tiger say like back at back in the apex and like the early you know so in the midst of a similar, tiger swing. yeah similar similar angle yeah really really awesome from brooks uh brooks there and then uh the last one this is one that I actually want your uh I, I really want your opinion on um brandel chambley <laughs> noted uh yeah. self-proclaimed guru of the golf swing which to be fair he huh. does. He does know more about the golf swing than me. I don't know if you could say that because you knows.
2: Actual, he knows. He knows more. He knows more
0: than me. All it. Uh, you're actually a teaching professional though, so you can at least you can at least talk. <laughs> Grudgingly, yeah. You you, you could you, know, you could talk shop Schaubler- with <laughs> Brandel very least. I I just have to listen with nothing to add. But uh, Brandel Chambly came out this week. You know, you know, we're only a month removed from him saying Brooks Koepka is not one of the premier, you know most premier players in the world, uh, and Brooks yeah. Koepka taking that to heart and then immediately you know sticking a PGA Championship win in his face. Um, Chambler came out this week and said that Brooks Kepka is quote, the opposite of Greg Norman. And what he means by that is Greg Norman, uh, was the number one ranked golfer in the world for 331 straight weeks and managed two major championship wins and a lot, a lot of bad memories and a lot of collapses. Whereas Brooks Kepka, um, you know, off and on number one player of the world, but just shows up to majors and just crushes, uh, do, do you, how do you feel about Brandel's assessment of Brooks Kepka's place in history, especially when you compare it to that of Greg Norman?
2: Well, I think it's a shot at Greg Norman uh, <laughs> more, than more than anything follows, else, right? <laughs> any, anyone who follows golf closely knows that knows both of the both of the backgrounds. Uh, I mean, it's it's the least bold take I've ever seen Brandel take. Uh, <laughs> then, it's uh, it's pr- pretty obvious, horrible. like it's. It's like, this is a groundbreaking stuff. I think he's recycling now. I think he's run out of really uh, dumb stuff to say. So now he's just stating obvious and hoping to be the first to do so.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Sounds sounds about right to me. Uh, Let's hear next time of news. This is nothing, this is not really so much as, uh, you know, it's not going to be affecting the golf tournament per se, but just a pretty fun little nugget here. And that is uh, obviously Monterey Peninsula. Home to not just Pebble Beach, but an array of the world's best golf courses. Uh, most oh, yeah. notably, um, the, by most accounts, the consensus best course in California, uh, is Pebble's neighbor, Cypress Point. Uh, you yeah. know, by, by Mr. Doctor Alistair McKenzie. Uh, really, just a few, just a few paces, you know, away from Pebble, just around the, around the peninsula. And Cypress is getting a lot of play this week, boat. You know, for a golf course that, oh, yeah. uh, uh, a buddy of mine who. Uh, does work there. I will not uh, disclose any more information. Said so the average yeah. amount of rounds that cypress gets uh, on a Tuesday through Sunday. Usually, the average comes in at about twelve. Twelve rounds a day is usually yep. what the average average play they get out there is. And I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, yesterday, today, and maybe throughout the rest of the week, that number may be more in the fifty to eighty range. Um, yeah, that's probably close to hundred. Yeah, could, I mean, could even be close up to hundred. And most notably, this is pretty cool. Uh, on Monday afternoon. Uh, Dustin Johnson and uh, his caddy uh, and his brother uh, went out for an evening round at Cypress Point to kind of get ready for things, uh, to kind of, you know, work on his shot making because uh, Cypress is just wildly demanding, much much in the same way that Augusta requires guys to hit shots left to right, right to left, high and low. Cypress does the exact same thing, so it's a great place for yeah. these guys to tune up their iron game. Uh, and if that, if that wasn't enough, uh, according to Golf.com's Michael Bamberger, uh, this morning, Cypress Point played host to four foursomes, uh, which constituted of sixteen former U.S. Open champions, all going out back to back to back to back in foursomes. Uh, and not only that, this is even better. They were introduced at the first tee by Cypress Point member, Mr. Jim Nance, <laughs> which is absolutely incredible. That's great. So, so, I mean, you've got uh, all these guys out there. Let's see uh, the the list they had here. According to Michael Bamberger, was Jack Nicklaus. Gary Player, Tom Watson, Tom Kite, Andy North, Lee Trevino, David Graham, Steve Jones, Retief Goosen, Jeff Ogilvie, Tony Jacklin, Jerry Pate, Tom Kite, Lee Jansen, Michael Campbell, and Angel Cabrera, with Jim Nance. No Ernie <laughs> Else? No, not listed on this. Uh, uh, it seems it seems like a little bit of a uh, little bit of an oversight to me.
2: Uh, yeah, I think. <laughs> I, I would I would think Phil is probably playing there tomorrow. He usually plays there, the Wednesday of the AT
0: and T. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, if that's what he did this past, uh, you know, this uh, this this past February uh, to get ready for the pro am, yeah. I, I hope he yeah. follows that exact same routine yet again. Um, but just very yeah, cool. that's been his formula there. Yeah, very very cool. But it would have been awesome. I, I what I really should do is I should text my buddy uh, after, after we record the podcast tonight and see if he was actually out there working today, see if he's got any good stories that uh, we can share with people on the podcast in a week. So I'm going to make a little note for myself to do that. Okay, great. Okay, perfect. And now the last item of news that I got for you about, and this is actually something that's going to roll kind of right into our first storyline here. Um, it's something yeah. that's been discussed a lot, both in the national uh, media and then also kind of you know locally. Um, but that, of course, is you know this U.S. Open – um, the USGA has not done a phenomenal job at hosting this golf tournament the past couple of years. There have been several issues with course setups. There is, of course, the Dustin Johnson fiasco in 2016 at Oakmont with the, the yeah. you know the the latent penalty assessment, all that kind of stuff like that. So, um, but for this particular topic, we're going to stick more with the course setup, and that is Mike Davis has removed himself as the man in charge of the course setup. And is now going to be focusing simply on his duties as the chief executive officer of the United States Golf Association. And he has now assigned a gentleman by the name of John Bodenhammer uh, to run the USGA's course setup committee. And um, from all the reports that I have read and from the videos that I have watched uh, and the other research that I've done leading up to this week, um, I have heard pretty much universally good things about what the golf course is looking like. Um, Because this is a USGA event and they want to you know, make it as difficult as possible. Yeah. Um, they're doing things like on number 18, number, uh, numbers 8, 9, and 10. All the, all the holes that are right playing along the cliffs, they have now mowed the fairways to the edge of the cliff, so any balls rolling out that way will not have the luxury of getting stopped by any rough and very potentially could be rolling right off the cliff. Uh, yeah. In, And so the course is set up to be very, very difficult, but I've also heard from numerous people that the golf course is looking lush and is not baked out in the way that it was at Chambers Bay and also uh, Shinnecock last year. Um, So this is going to be a test to see if, you know, this new course setup man, John Bodenhammer, uh, can basically improve on the wildly low expectations that most people have heading into this year's U.S. Open um, yeah.
2: Did, w- w- what do you think? If he's, if he's, the, if he's the guy, uh, if he was the next in command, if he was the obvious choice, I'm assuming he probably has set up, uh, most of the recent NCAA championships as the USGA. Uh, they do all the setups for the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably done a number of USAMs. He might've been either the man or second in command at the USAM last year at Pebble and Spyglass. Um, it's, it's, yeah. But Mike, uh, Mike Davis, he was, yeah, he needed to step, to, he needed to step away a little bit. Um, he's get, getting carried away, uh, talking about a chip on his shoulder. He had, he walked into the position with a little bit of an ego, when he needed to uh, probably back off a little bit to, and uh, read the PGA's playbook. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. we we still want to see a few birdies. Uh, we don't like seeing all these guys that uh, make billions of dollars on the golf course shoot eighty. So, uh, and, and we, we want to see, we, we want to see good golf, fair, good golf.
0: I can see somebody shoot shooting anytime I want. I mean, all I got to do is look at my own scorecard. That, that, that's not what I'm here for. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. It's just, oh man. So, I mean, given the news that you've heard about the way that they're setting up this golf course, what do you, what do we anticipate yeah. it looking like in terms of, I mean, do you expect it to be in great shape and be difficult,
2: but fair? I mean, it's Dude, certainly, I saw, I saw nine, they added Another T on nine. If I'm not mistaken, I think nine is day of nine playing like a 526 yard or <laughs> four. I I did the flyover thing on the website. Uh-huh. Um, that believe it or not, because sometimes those guys just take driver and bomb it up the right side, knowing that, that it's not going to get through the rough and over the cliff. That might be, you might see some guys hitting three woods on that hole. Pal. Wow, to think think about that you might see some guys hitting three wood off the tee on a 526 yard par four. Uh, that does seem a I mean, crazy. it makes it, it makes it interesting. Uh, I mean, that can, if, if that's the case and they get it fast and firm, there's some guys that can hit some phenomenal tee shots to go in the hazard. God, that's uh, gonna be crazy. And
0: that, and that's, and that fairway on number nine is yeah. wildly sloped from left to right. If I, if
2: I'm not mistaken, Oh, it, it's, wildly sloped I mean it is unless you hit it way down there and you if you have a iron, you're trying to hit like a you're trying to hit like a five iron with the ball eight inches below your feet to most likely a couple days a back left flag and the wind is could be doing whatever you know it could be dead in you and you're like boy uh, I don't really practice this one a lot (laughs) Um, they did not have this one available in the driving range yeah, no, it's that's a, it's just a really, really, really. And every time I played the course, if I if I made a par, I seriously walked off there thinking I made like a two and a half. Yeah, right. Like it almost, <laughs> it, like it almost, almost felt like an eagle. It. It's that, it's that. Like, obviously, it plays differently for the AT and because they got the amateurs with them, and mm-hmm. the flags are in the middle of the hole. But under firm tournament conditions, anytime you make a four there, you pick one up on the field for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean,
2: probably pretty close to a full stroke.
0: Well, okay, I guess here's a good question for you. Over or under the stroke average for the entire field on number nine this week at four point five five. Over or under.
2: Way over. Wow. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. So you're, it's you're gonna you're,
2: be it's gonna be closer to four seven or 4.8. eight.
0: Man, anything over a half stroke over par for, for a hole just seems like whew, that is it supposed to like I know it's supposed to be hard, but is it supposed to be that hard?
2: It's going to be, it's going to be, it, it, Oh, there's not going to be many, there's not going to be many threes there, Kyle, let's just oh, say that. man, oh, man.
0: All right, we'll see here. Let, let's, let's jump into some more storylines. So, obviously, we just touched on the USGA um, versus the pros, basically, like, do, do you think this is going to be a controversy-free US Open as far as the USGA is concerned?
2: I think that, that should be uh, their main priority, but, yeah. uh, you know, that's kind of the... That's kind of the 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 thing they're looking at. It's almost like they're pitting themselves against the PGA. Like they don't want to be too easy. It's like, no, dude, we. It's okay if we if, if we see <laughs> good golf. We don't care what the score is. Uh, everyone's playing the same course. I understand USGA really values uh, par, which it should. But that doesn't mean that these phenomenal golfers have to get their ass kicked. Yeah, I'm right, I'm right there everyone's, everyone's playing. Everyone's playing the same course. Mm-hmm. The cream's going to rise to the top regardless. But like my guy Kiz said, uh, yeah, I mean, a, a guy like that who's one of the best ball strikers and scorers on tour, if the USJ completely knocks him out of the tournament before he even sees off, then I'm not for that. It's the US Open, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Open.
0: So, it's uh, open. It's open. It's open. Um, all right, man, so l- let's go through a couple more storylines here. What I'm actually going to do is I'm just going to read all the ones that I have just written here. These are the ones that are the most obvious. Um, and yeah. then if, if you want to pick through it and, and, you know, uh, break one or two of them down, then, you know, I, I can go any which way. So this obviously uh, Brooks Kepka, back-to-back champion, the first man to do it since Curtis Strange. Um, Brooks looking to become what has to be the first man in history to win three straight U.S. Opens to be a— Back to back I don't think to back. Ever won.
2: Has anyone ever uh, won three straight majors uh, uh, of the same of major? The same
0: major. That is a wonderful trivia question that I do not have the answer to off the top of my head. Um, I would Maybe I would one guess, of those Yeah, I mean, certainly I not. Know. Certainly not in the last, uh, you know, in the last couple decades. No, not recently, no. So we got Brooks looking to three, Pete. Um, we have one, Eldrick Tiger Woods, uh, looking to win his 16th major championship, his second of 2019 at the same place that he set the record for the largest margin of victory in a U.S. Open, uh, 15 strokes, 2,000 at Pebble Beach. Um, we also have Phil Mickelson looking to finally win yep. that illustrious U.S. Open title at a venue that he has literally won at this year. This year! Yeah. Um, oh, and by the way, there's this other guy... Uh, along with Rory and along with Brooks Kepka who also is favored to win this golf tournament. His name is Dustin Johnson and I don't know, you know I'm assuming you recall there. I'm assuming you recall this boat but uh, the last time this championship was contested at this golf course I believe Dustin Johnson had a 3 shot lead after 54 holes and then probably tripled the second hole and then doubled the third hole on route to a final round of 82. Uh, one of his I mean, unfortunately for Dustin, he's got a handful of brutal brutal collapses yeah. and chokes. Um this one probably being right up there near the top. Can he avenge his two thousand and ten performance and finally win at Pebble? I mean, they were calling him the Prince of Pebble. Later going in two thousand ten I believe he he
2: totally was, he he yeah, he he yeah, he's had a good good AT record too. Yeah. You know he, he, he we we both know he totally yeah. uh so there a Sunday in 2010, I was there with my buddy Meredith, And, um, after he got off to that atrocious start, he's walking to the fourth tee and he is still walking with the same amount of swag as he did on the way to the first tee. The guy mentally is unbelievable. Um, and this was, this was nine years ago. Um, so I, I, that is out of his mind completely. He's played great golf lately. Um, he's already won the U.S. Open, um, and he was mentally tested there too with that with that uh, bullshit penalty call. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy's his, his mental game has gotten a ton better. Um, that being said, you know we like saying that term, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't think I'm going to stop betting on Brooks Koepka until I lose (laughs) it's like I don't think like like I I I almost feel like he's just testing my patience and I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep betting him yeah I I can't just because I don't want to I I just I, I he doesn't have my phone number but I just have a fear of getting a phone call from him what the fuck, guy? I've won you like this amount of money, and you jump off? <laughs> uh, where's Where's the loyalty? You know, it's like a nightmare phone call, right? But I just uh, I'm going to keep betting him until until someone beats him. You know what I mean?
0: I, I think that is absolutely the only responsible and respectful uh, way to bet but, this golf hey, tournament. It, it just I'm trying it, to be as respectful as possible. Yeah, I'm mean, not doing anything else.
2: Like I don't need to be in his crosshairs, like Brandel. I don't
0: need to do it. No, man. I think anybody that is doing anything other than betting Brooks Koepka to win this golf tournament may be overthinking this one just a little bit. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, but actually, it, it brings up a very good question. So this is actually where I want to kind of start tapping into your your Pebble Beach knowledge and know how. And yeah, you know, I've heard a lot of people saying that because of the way Pebble Beach is set up, right? It's it's not yeah. one of the longer golf t- golf courses that they play, not just on tour but for any major championships. I mean even yeah. even with them lengthening out number 9, I think it's still going to be playing close to only 7100 yards, right? I mean, at par 70, but like all yeah, se- uh, you know. uh
2: par 71. 71,
0: okay. Cuz they're going to be switching number yeah, 2 par to par 71. Four. They're, uh-huh.
2: they're making 2 to a par 4, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And so they're, you know, it, it's not that long, which Often enough like even though you would think it would give the bombers more to, of an advantage it allows basically everybody else in the field to be having you know mid to short irons in the greens which oddly enough making the course shorter actually oftentimes brings the rest of the field uh kind of back in the in you know into the mix um and really for the history I of, would, yeah it, I mean the history of the u.s open at pebble beach you would say you know some people are saying oh you know it's it's a great it's not necessarily a place where the bombers are are gonna be you know everybody in the field is going to have a chance but I do kind of think back on it, and, you know, Nicholson 72 just fucking beat the ball, especially compared to the other guys yeah. at the time. Tiger in 2000, I'm pretty sure he was one of the longest guys on tour at that point. Now, you know, counter-argument, you know, Graham McDowell I don't think was considered to be one of the longest guys on tour in 2010. I'm almost sure that wasn't the case for Tom Kite uh, when he won in 92. Yeah. And I, I, I don't really remember, I, was Tom Watson, like, one of the longer guys on tour back in the early '80s. He, he wasn't.
2: He wasn't. He wasn't short. Uh, right. I, I'm shaking his hand. He freaking Popeye. Uh right. No, he was probably one of the longer headers. Yeah. Um
0: So I mean, that's the thing. It's like longer but, guys uh, yeah, have won at Pebble, but I mean, it, it does. It seems like it's a venue where you don't necessarily have to be a Brooks Kepka, a Rory McIlroy, a Dustin Johnson, a guy who hits the ball 315 yards in the air in order to even qualify to win this golf tournament. But uh, as somebody that has a hell of a lot more experience down there, what what, what do you think?
2: You know, I'm I'm glad you brought up Graham McDowell because I was you know we talked earlier uh, in the year. I was hoping he would have a comeback season, but I think what we really forgotten from 2010 was just how awful his Callaway Painter's hat was. Do <laughs> you remember how bad of a the short bill the, and it was almost like a almost like a little bit of a chef type flange on top? Uh, <laughs> that was that was worse than the Nike hat. Uh, that was. <laughs> I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up. You're, um, you're very welcome. No, but getting back to, Brooks said he might only hit one driver. You know what I mean. And it's probably going to be on nine. Uh wow. You don't need. Uh, I mean, one, no one's hitting driver. Two, uh, there will be some drivers, some three woods. Three, no one's hitting driver. Four, no, and unless the wind is dead down or off. The, uh, off the bay, I don't think anyone's gonna try and go for it. Uh, as far as the hit, they might not even get hit in driver on, uh, on six now. But, uh, there's gonna be a lot of three woods and even some hybrids off tees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I talked about on number nine, Kyle, you're not gonna get a flat line these fairways. No. There's, 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 you're not gonna get one flat line. Uh, so all, all these little things, a lot of, you know, probably, eight, seven, six irons, uh ball below your feet, ball above your feet, uh, some rough. Uh it's it it, it has Pebble has ways well, the USGA makes sure that Pebble has ways of protecting itself. And if the wind comes up, then they're gonna have to go to the opposite direction and maybe think about putting a little more water on the green and stuff and such because if the wind's up and the course is conditioned like it has been the last couple of years um, which leads me to believe it might be if they're if they're talking about shaving the rough down on nine and ten, they're thinking maybe firm and fast. Uh, so if the greens are going to be firm and fast too, then USGA. I mean, it could go it could go a ton of different ways. You know what I mean? It all depends on the weather. Mm-hmm. Looks like the weather going to be warm, so uh, at some point we might see them syringing the greens, hand watering. Um, yes. That's that's just what the USGA does, but. Uh, a lot of uneven lies. Um, some of the, you know, we'll touch on the part threes. I keep talking about number five is one of the most underrated part threes in the world. Oh, completely agree. Um,
0: completely agree. So some, some well, of Jack Nicholas' best work.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was his, it's it, that, that, uh, yeah, everyone says, you know, seven is, is really pretty and looking down eight and, you know, from the green. But from the right side of five green, into the bay there is uh, a classy, it is magical. really, really almost just, I mean, they, they could just charge $50 admission to go stand there for a minute. People sure. probably can't. Yeah,
0: I, uh, I I probably would. Yeah. Still
2: water cove. <laughs> uh, so it's just, it's a, it's a great place. That, yeah. that, that, that hole is awesome. Yeah.
0: Could, could completely, completely agree. And so without all being said, uh, do you feel like Brooks, Dustin Johnson, and Rory uh do you feel like Vegas is justified in making them the favorites in this golf tournament, considering that it sounds like you know their drivers will be quasi nullified yeah. I mean do you think yeah do you think they have as big of an advantage over the rest of the field as Vegas says they do you know but by the odds
2: based on recent major form uh and recent form? Uh, a guy that you, two guys that you have to put in there, and then a third that's all uh, his odds are just horrible. But you got to You got to go, Ricky, and you have to go Justin Thomas. Just mm-hmm. their 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 major pedigree, their ball striking pedigree, uh, their short games. Uh, I'm sure they're not far behind. Kucher He's uh, mm-hmm. having an unbelievable year from TD Green, uh, mm-hmm. just hitting a ton of greens. Uh, Francesco Molinari is thirty eight to one.
0: That that smells so wrong to me. That that smells so fishy.
2: He's one of the best balls. guys the guy's a machine. Uh so that that one stood out to me. But yeah. Those guys Justin Rose, I I I, I wish, but he just hasn't been in, in great form. He's been in B form. B probably for him B minus form. Yeah. But uh nothing's jumping off the page of me there, uh with him. Um, we're probably only leaving out maybe Rom in the, in the top 10. We haven't talked about, mm-hmm. uh, Xander Shopley, I, I, uh, I like him this week. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to have a good week. Uh, I think Louie Easton is going to have a good week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Vegas probably got the top guys, right? Yeah.
0: I, I, I'm inclined to think you're right. And it's, you know, I, I think maybe I overblow the advantage uh, of the long tee shot because it, it's not like that it's those guys only thing they do well they're they're incredible golfers yeah. from T to green they're the one you know yeah. most of them you know not named Roy McIlroy are traditionally really great putters, um, yeah man it's it's going to be very, very interesting so and that's the thing as you're saying with the way this course is set up, it I find that it is going to be a little more difficult to wager on this thing than it was at the PGA Championship or the Masters because it does I mean don't you get the feeling there's really about 20 different guys that have a very good chance to win this golf tournament
2: i would i would say probably 20 i think you said right on the right on the nose yeah. uh this it's going to be i'll tell you it's going to be much easier to bet the tournament after 36 <laughs> 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 if, for uh, those of you that have a lot, a lot of betting ability i would maybe wait until friday evening yeah, that is going to be phenomenal.
0: Oh, that's perfect. Uh, all right, well, let's shoot a minute. So we were talking a little bit about Pebble Beach, the golf course. Um, because yep. you do have so much experience at Pebble Beach, um, yep. I kind of want to get your idea. What what golf holes, I mean, it sounds like nine, in your opinion, might be playing as the most difficult hole in the golf course, which I don't know if it's just because of the way it's cut, but is nine traditionally the hardest hole in that golf course anyway?
2: Pretty much. I mean, nine or oh, eight, eight gives people, it depends on the firmness of the green. If eight is soft. It's not that hard. Uh, mm. If it's firm and these, these mid irons are coming in there and they're, and they're bouncing to where mm. you have to land it on the front of the green to keep it on the green, then that's going to be a ridiculously hard hole. Yep. That stretch right there. That's you have to, you have to tend into it on eight through uh, eight through 10. You got to try and get through there even or one over. And then the rest of the golf course, as they say is gettable. Um, you know, the par three, uh, 12. Oh, it's tough. It's like a It's very underrated. Yeah, it's, I agree. It's it's a hard it's a hard green to hit. Uh the green almost runs away from you. Um once you get over the bunker. Uh and that's a big bunker it's, front it, left know, too. That's a big bunker. Yeah, it is. you don't want to you don't want to be in that bunker. No. And uh it's uh, it's a shallow green. There's not a lot of depth. Uh and the rough around that green always seems to be a little bit healthier mm-hmm. than uh than everywhere else. it's a pretty steep fall off. Uh Left and behind the pin, there. Um, it's a hard part three. Yeah, you definitely gotta. You definitely have to score on on 13. Uh, 14, They redid the green. Obviously, um, you know anywhere on the on the right side of the green, it used to come all the way off the green. Now you can get a ball to stay there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they flatten it out a little bit. Scoring average is going to be much better there than than opens past. True. That's a freaking guarantee. Fifteen uh, is another one of those holes where you don't, you're probably not going to see that many drivers. You're probably going to see a good amount of hybrids to make sure that they, that they stay short of the bunker there on the left.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Cause then it's just, a, it's just a wedge in from there. Same thing on, uh, on 16. Mm-hmm. You're just going to see some hybrids there. 17, you know, they're gonna have that T on the other side of the road. Uh, awesome. Part three, 18, you're not going to see many drivers probably. Mm-hmm. Man,
0: that's so crazy. That's, I...
2: But, but eight through ten, that's where you got to. You really got to. You got to put your driving gloves on. And hold on,
0: right? And it's funny. Like I hear a lot. I've I've read and I've you know seen videos of a lot of different people covering this golf tournament that have, I wouldn't say like have been wildly critical, but have definitely knocked Pebble, saying that most of the inland holes are, not great. And I, again, I, I've only played the golf course once. I've been to watch several golf tournaments there. I. I disagree. I, I think those inland holes oh, for sure. are, are are wonderful. And really, they, they serve as a nice complement to those holes running right along the ocean because those ones are so brutal and so difficult, like you were talking about, that stretch of 8 through uh, you know, 8, nine, ten, And then even, I guess, 11, even though it's not
2: that hard. 11, I remember, is pretty tough, too. Um, no, 11, uh, you just see people missing it in the right rough, giving them a horrible angle to any flag on that green you need to be aiming to the left side of the fairway and you're okay in the left rough play to the front of the green and make your four. You see too many bogeys or doubles there where they hit it in the right rough and they try and hit this extreme high wedge and it, you know, it hits on the down slope and it goes in the back bunker, just goes over. It's uh, just play to the front of the green wherever the flag is on that hole. Mm-hmm. Make your four and go away. Yeah. Just, just, just go walk right next to, yeah see
0: the yeah, 11 i see the 11 seems like one of those holes where it's going to be brutal for amateur golfers because especially the sight line i mean it's so far uphill that like oh you, yeah it, it, you know, tv is not going to do it i mean that thing is almost straight uphill. Eight,
2: eight and 11 you have no idea i mean they have the rock there on eight for you to hit over but eight and 11 your caddy is going to tell you but it's really tough to visualize a shot because you don't know where the fairway starts and the yeah and the rough start you know yeah it's, man it's it's, uh, yeah, no, it's 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 not a comfortable tee shot.
0: No, and especially that bunker that they have, like, short left of the fairway on 11. You know, for a lot of amateur golfers, yeah. they see that. They want to stay right of it. But, man, like, if you want to have any shot, just like you were saying, you got to hit to the left side of that fairway. That means you got to carry that yeah. bunker uphill into the fairway. And I think yeah. hopefully the pros are, you know. Oh, they got no problem. With yeah, that, they they, yeah. they got no problem with that. I just wonder if they'll have the self-restraint to put the driver yeah. away and put them in a good position to have a wedge or, you know, a short iron in that hole, which, I'm sure they will. I, I'm sure they will, but yep. uh, who knows? If the greens are as, uh, as firm as uh, you and I are speculating, then who knows if that'll make much of a difference. What uh, what do you think is going to be like the one or two holes out there that are going to be the most gettable that you think guys are going to be kind of savaging and using as a place to to make up strokes from you know a place where they're losing them on other spots in the golf course.
2: Uh, they're gonna, you know, they, you're gonna look at four. You're mm-hmm. gonna look at six, obviously.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, if the wind's not up seven but you you want to you want to try and get one or two before you get to eight um and then if you can you can hold on through 10 uh just you know play smart on 11 and 12 uh, 13 is going to be probably the probably the best scoring average hole of that four would be my guess hmm. um out of the gates one is not that hard a hole uh the, the trees are taller on the right now than they used to be they've added some more trees but it's still just a hybrid and a wedge or nine nine for those guys. Yeah. Um, so you think 13, I think, nine, huh? I think thirteen is the easiest hole in the back nine, huh? I think thirteen's the easiest hole in the back nine for okay. sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, this week, anyways. Yeah. Um But uh, besides that, it 16, it's sixteen. It's sixteen. sixteen six Or pardon me, fifteen's green. Fifteen and 16's greens make those holes hard.
1: Right.
2: There's so much slope on those greens to where. You, those guys literally need to be hitting a slice wedge or nine iron to hold it to stop. If it comes in there straight or with any hook on it at all, you know, speaking from a, a right handed right to left ball flight, it just, it doesn't stop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. it's, there's, they are going to be so fast and so much slope. It, 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 it could land a couple feet away from the hole and you can have 35 feet uphill and the ball is going to move 10 feet left to right.
0: Oh, man. Those greens are brutal. I I have no idea, but if I was to go out and play Pebble Beach right now in the conditions that they're in, would I have any chance to break 100? As somebody who is currently uh, a 7 handicap, would I have any chance I to break?
2: Would, I would maybe 1 in 10. If you play 10 rounds, you might break 100 once probably. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's kind of what I was thinking. Too. I was like,
0: fuck. That is going to be Just because it's
2: so it's... – it's so penalizing. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, basically for a player like, like me... If you miss a, fair, if you miss a, a fairway, stroke. you're going to be lucky to make a bogey. Yeah, you know what it, I mean?
0: it's a penalty stroke if you miss the fairway, basically.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: it's... Yeah. God, it's so wild. Uh, so the thing is, though, I say this, and even though I kind of cringe thinking about what I would do out there, it is getting me so goddamn juiced for this weekend, Bo. Yeah, I mean, like, sorry. God, It is going to be awesome, man. Um, all right, let's hear Before we dive into the odds this weekend... Yep. Uh, uh, you know, we have to get to what is quickly becoming not just a favorite segment of the listeners of this podcast, but really a major championship tradition. And, uh, both that is, I, I have to ask your expert opinion on who in the field this week is going to have absolutely no chance.
2: Absolutely no chance. Uh, what what also, is what what is the no
0: chance looking like? No chance list looking like for this tournament.
2: Oh, it's uh there's more people on it than than there aren't. Let's just say that. So I'm <laughs> not gonna name everyone. I'm gonna highlight I'm gonna highlight a couple of amateurs that I hope finish well but have no chance. Uh Noah Norton, freshman from Georgia Tech, Kayleen from Chico, California. Yes. I uh I I really hope you make the cut and gives Low hammer on Stanford's own Brandon Wu coming off their national championship. And then the gentleman who won the USAM last year at Pebble, Victor hublin is uh, from Norway. I
0: believe he's Norwegian. Yes.
2: I, bo- I believe he's Norwegian. Uh, that guy has got a lot of game. So I would, I would hope to, uh, to watch him play well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of the amateurs, you have no fucking chance. <laughs> no um, chance. Zero chance. <laughs> um, this This is a great story. A kid from Cal. Last week, Colin Morakawa uh, first professional event, Canadian Open. Hey, here's 125 grand, dollars uh, kid. Good job on your P14, your first professional event. Yeah, not bad, That's right? That's a nice little, way, nice little way to start your professional career. Uh, um, yes, yes. We haven't talked about it. We haven't talked about Cantler. Um He looks awfully good either. right now. He's, he's definitely not on my notebook, Chancellor. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, my buddy, who has been playing not that well, Daniel Berger, you have no fucking chance. <laughs> uh am just going to highlight some other ones. Please. Take, I, as, I, take I as much time say, as you need. I hate to say it. Uh, Jim Furyk, you got no fucking chance. I really hate to say it. Um, who else? I don't know, local kid. Uh I would also like to you do well. Joseph Bramlett out of San Jose in Stanford. Mm-hmm. Uh qualified. Um you know what? I'm i'm okay, I'm gonna do it. Sergio Garcia, you you have no fucking chance. <laughs> um you you just you will never want an open pissy little you're, speaking um, of wait,
0: speaking of Masters champions, what what, what 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 do you think about the odds and the chances of uh, 2016 Masters champion, Mister Danny Willett?
2: Uh, Danny Willett, if you're listening at home, you have no fucking chance.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> God,
2: that felt good. Yeah, I was say, uh, that our, just felt our, good to listen to. Uh, our buddy Kisner said he himself has no fucking chance. So if he's saying it, I'll throw him on my list. We haven't talked about DChambeau. Boy, uh, yeah, he's he's not on my list. Ernie Ells, unfortunately, you have no fucking chance, sir, and uh, I do mean sir. I really like you. Yes, I yep, heard yep. you are uh, you are impressive in the bars. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see who else can I throw on my list here. Just looking at it. Oh, uh, uh, former uh, reigning uh, BMW
0: Championship winner Keegan Bradley.
2: Keegan Bradley, uh, ball striker, he's not on my list. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he's not on my list. Memorial, uh,
0: Memorial champion, champion Kevin Na.
2: Kevin Na is not on my list. That guy's mm. is hotter than Dallas right now. <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> yes sir. I think the golf course actually sets up pretty good for him. Uh, let's keep it United States versus Canada. Mike Weir, you have no fucking chance. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Luke Donald, great guy, trying to get back on tour. Uh he qualified. You have no fucking chance. Um yeah, let's 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 end there. Let's end there.
0: Uh, as always, a, b- a beautiful segment and really some hard hitting oh, impactful up, info. Up,
2: up, up, up the guy that only hit the draw. Patrick Reed, you have zero fucking chance. <laughs>
0: I was actually I didn't even want to bring him up. I just wanted to see if he was gonna be on there. At at a hundred to one, I just I, I don't like Pat's
2: chances. Even before oh, he was on the no chances.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Throw that
2: dollar. In. I wouldn't even put a dollar on it, Kyle. You got a dollar, you get a sandwich somewhere. <laughs> uh definitely at Augusta.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Uh well shoot, man. All right. Well that that, that really takes a good chunk of the field out of place, so you know that that leaves us with only one thing left to do here on this preview of the 2019 U.S. Open Championship boat, and that is, you gotta do it. Let's, let's dive into some of these odds and see who uh, who we like and who would uh, who would be worth putting uh, a little bit of equity into. So, uh, let me just start with the odds for winning this oh, golf tournament. There. Uh, as, as I mentioned before, there are three guys who all have the same odds to win this thing. Uh they're all the you're, on, Bo-
2: you're on Bovada. I'm on Bavada. Yes. I'm u- I'm using Bavada.com okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna and join you.
0: Yes, bovada.lv slash sports slash golf is uh is, is right where you will find it. And as of right now, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, and Rory McElroy are plus eight fifty. The next best odds are is is for Mr. Tiger Woods at plus eleven hundred and then oddly okay. enough. Plus eleven, so eleven to one for Tiger. Patrick Cantlay is at eighteen to one, plus eighteen hundred. And then the guy with the six, Vegas is paying attention. I don't know what's going on here. Like this, seem this I, this maybe is a sign that this field is going to be wide open. But Jordan Spieth at twenty to one has yeah, the sixth, sixth best odds to win this golf tournament. Yeah. That yeah. I mean, despite him being solid, not great but solid in the last month. It, it still seems like you, I mean, it just seems a little weird that only five guys have odds better than Jordan Spieth to win this thing.
2: Yeah. Uh, considering he hasn't won recently, uh, and there's a lot of other guys that have won a lot more recently. Yeah. Uh, I think they're along the lines of it's a major, and he doesn't have to be in the to win like he did the British Open years ago. Yeah. Um, that's probably what they're drawing back on. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys there. Uh, it's time for a haircut. Uh, but Fleetwood at plus 3,300. Um, <laughs> Machiano plus 3,300. Jason day with super cat, plus thirty three hundred, 3,300. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we just don't know. Um, if this was last year and you were going to tell me Justin Rose is plus 2,500, I'd probably put at least 10 bucks on it.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: Uh, but like I said, I think it's dude, it's Pebble Pebble kinda like separates the the good players that are in decent form and it it's um I'm gonna I'm gonna be a weekend wager guy. I'm going after thirty six. Um just because you might be able to get a little better odds with some of those type guys that maybe Maybe make the cut by two or three and aren't necessarily anywhere near the top twenty mm-hmm. um, because you can make up a ton of room at pebble on a weekend,
0: yeah, that's true and it's it's crazy because uh it's almost in a way that's the exact opposite of augusta, whereas like augusta, you know that that back nine it's you know if you're really on your game, you can go and make a run and make a handful of birdies and an eagle here and there to really just vault yourself up the scoreboard where I feel like yeah. the u s open, it's just a war of attrition.
2: And it's like, well... It's a war of attrition, and like you're never going to see a... Except for McIlroy, what was that, at uh, the, the uh, Masters, when he just... Was that 20, 2014 or 2015? When was that when he just absolutely collapsed? Um, yeah, yep. You know, you're, you're, you're going to see some guys near the top of the leaderboard, like Dustin Johnson in, in 2010, where they just have an absolutely just horrible four horse... Horrible- four-hole stretch and so, drop like set strokes. Yeah, just a You will there. see that guaranteed. You just a guarantee, it, Kyle.
0: Oh, uh, I don't doubt it. Uh, let's see. So, but if you're looking at the same list that I am, uh, excluding the three yep. guys that are the favorites at plus 850, again, Brooks Kepka, Dustin yep. Johnson, and Roy McIlroy, for the yep. guys that have odds from plus 1100, which is Tiger Woods, all the way through 50-1, to yep. one, which would be, yep. you know, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, Matt Kuchar, Shane Lowry, Tony Finau, Webb Simpson, Brant Snedeker. Um, For all those guys that are 50-1 to or better, um, what are two or three names or so that really stand out to you as having maybe the best mix of odds but also chance to win?
2: Uh, Leishman, Casey, Stenson, Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going to even go all the way down to plus 10,000 uh, Matt Wallace
0: Matt Wallace looked good at the PGA Championship. Matt I mean,
2: Wallace ooh. We, he looked
0: impressive he looked impressive I'm, he looked impressive it's crazy he does he's not more well known in the states because I mean isn't he kind of a consensus like top five European player
2: he is a very strong European player yeah. now I mean he is Martin excellent. Keimer uh, if he would if he were have sealed the deal Memorial uh I, I would have felt okay, but just uh yep, yeah, I'm not no. betting on you Martin yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you want yeah and then when you get further down to the long shots um, kinda if you i majors, major here object barnrat is plus twenty thousand that that seemed pretty
0: wild to me a two hundred to one for the barn rat to win i, I, I mean that's the thing is like that list of guys down there that are two hundred I see names down there that aren't, it's not, it's, you know, they're, they're 200 to one for a reason, obviously, but it's not inconceivable uh, to think one of those guys could be in, I mean, between the Barn Rat, Keith Mitchell, Luke List, I mean, those are three damn good golfers, and at 200 to one, you know,
2: I, shit, man, I, I'd throw a buck on each of those guys, why the hell not? Oh, see who can, plus, plus 15,000, then on, plus 20,000? I mean, these guys are really, really, really good ball strikers. Yeah, TTPN plus twenty thousand. He's won and then almost won again. Like the guy's in great form. Yes, yeah, I mean, um, there just seems to be a lot of good value for
0: guys with really, really there's, long there's odds some, in this golf tournament.
2: Those, uh, those guys, I may think about doing a top ten prop bet. Mm. Yeah. I'd like to see those odds for those that that that. I, I think I might do more of that than trying to pick the winner this. Uh, if I'm gonna do do a bet before Thursday morning uh-huh. at uh six thirty local time. Yep. <laughs> um uh yeah, I think I might I might kinda of invest in that direction and then I'll probably hammer someone after I see what kind of form and the shape of the course plan on Friday night. Yep.
0: Yep, nope, totally agree, man. Uh lots lots of juice here uh here for this twenty nineteen US Open. Um I guess you've already answered this question at the top of the podcast, but again, I'll, I'll just ask it one more time since we're finally looking at these odds. For anybody that yeah. feels compelled to have to put money on this thing before the first round begins on Thursday, is there any rational reason to not pick and bet on Brooks Kepka to win this golf tournament?
2: No, there's there's no there's no no there's no eye test there's no data. There's no, it's no so I'm, No, it's no, just don't be, don't be a rebel. Don't be a fricking cowboy. Just quit putting chips on this guy's shoulder. He's just that much better majors right now than everyone just can't. It's, it's too obvious. Uh, this is interesting, Kyle. I'm looking at first round top five finish. Dev Brooks. Dustin and Rory at plus three twenty five, and Tiger at plus three fifty. Based on everything that's happened since Augusta, if you put money on Tiger being in the top five instead of those three, because you know, told Tommy Boy at the back of the plane, <laughs> he will hit you with a tack hammer. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, that that's kind of weird.
0: That's weird. Yeah. That's, um, that seems a little odd to me.
2: That's weird.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I'll, I'll give you this little fun fact because this is something that you and I both enjoy talking I about. I love fun facts. R- relentlessly, if if Brooks Kepka is to win this golf tournament, what percentage cool. of his career victories would then be major championships? I'll give you five seconds.
2: At that point, it would have to creep up, what did I say last time, 30 or 40? It would have to creep up to 40, 42 or 45%. If, I mean, he's not going to be not going to be more than fifty percent. But my goodness, at this point, like he might just give up, give up status on the PGA Tour, only play on like past champions, just so he does keep that number that high.
0: <laughs> Brooks Koepka, if he is to win this golf tournament, then the percentage of his career professional wins uh, on the PGA Tour and majors, it would put him at. Uh, wait for it. Drum roll, please. Seventy one percent.
2: Kyle, I'm gonna level with you here. <laughs> um if he wins this week, I really and I hope he's listening because I think I've been thinking a lot about this. <laughs> I think it would be the greatest thing ever if at you know, he's holding the mic saying thanks to my caddy, thanks to my fiance or whatever she is now, wife or whatever. Uh if he literally just drops the mic and goes. I'll see you guys at Port Rush. <laughs> Don't at me for a month. <laughs> Literally would, love would just be that. just be the greatest thing. Drops the mic on 18 Green. I'll see you guys at Port Rush. Don't call me. My manager has been instructed to not forward any 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 offers any anything. Don't try and hit me up on social media. I'll see you at Port Rush. And he just disappears for a month. He goes down to Florida and just parties like a rock star. And then he shows up in Port Rush. Oh, I haven't even touched the club yet. And he wins there.
0: God. So awesome. Can you just imagine Brooks Capcut down in Palm Beach, shirt off, cycling through a fresh set of roids, just absolutely crushing it, just murdering Red Bulls and Tito's vodka. I mean, th- th- that is exactly the way I want Brooks Koepka to celebrate another U.S. Open. I mean, that's how you should be celebrating a three-peat, is it not?
2: Just like renting, renting out movie theaters to himself matinees <laughs> for matinees like for him and his close buddies. Like, he pays the manager, like, a couple thousand to just let him bring their own booze in. Like, I, I just think the guy, he drops the mic and he literally, literally just goes, deuces, I'll see you guys in a month in Ireland.
0: Have you seen... <laughs> oh
2: am sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
0: Northern Ireland. <laughs> Have you seen the uh, the Lonely Island like uh, tennis mockumentary Seven Days in Hell with uh, Andy Samberg? Yes. yes. When he you know reti you know quote unquote retires before he goes into exile in Sweden and he just drops the mic and goes later tennis and then walks away. <laughs> that it's, is what I want for Bruce I just want him to Andy, when that goes,
2: <laughs> it, it, <laughs> Andy Samberg is uh that guy is he. He's really funny. Oh, uh, he's so uh, great. I, I mean, hi, him and Sandler, the, the, uh, they are uh, they're, they're really good.
0: Yeah. Well, basically, all I want for him if is if I to... had,
2: <laughs> if I had a comedian, comedian group, and I'm gonna because I'm because I if this is my thing, Kyle. I'm allowing five. It's gonna be myself. It's gonna be Sandler. It's gonna be Sandberg. It's gonna be freaking. uh Jerry Seinfeld and it's going to be Larry David. Wow, that is a uh, that is a
0: powerful group right there.
2: Everything is going to be documented, and uh, that that's kind of like my dream. Kind of like my dream. You know, I, I'm not one to definitely, step definitely allow to fight
0: some. I am not one to step on others' dreams, so I think that is a perfect place for us to wrap, wrap this let's thing make up.
2: Make it happen. I mean. I, I could host either Bennett Valley or the club, but uh yeah. <laughs> I'll even i I'll even host I'll even host uh, appetizers, Larry. Uh, and I will make sure that the uh sure that the weatherman uh doesn't make a forecast that day and uh we have the golf course <laughs> to
0: ourselves. I will uh I would say that sounds uh pretty,
2: pretty I'll good. have my people get in touch with their people maybe and Kyle, maybe maybe you uh maybe you announce the entire thing. I would
0: love that. I will be the honorary Jim Nance at the first tee, uh, sending these gentlemen off into the golfing abyss. Uh, with well, confidence? What we didn't talk
2: about. What we didn't talk about is we we probably need to find out and at least maybe guess what Phil's blood alcohol level was when he hooped the wedge in Nance's backyard. <laughs> Appeared to be having a good time. His brother, I can from the that didn't look like that was Tim's first cocktail. No. Uh, uh, I I I'd like to know. I I guess it was probably. He, he looked like he came over the top of a little bit more than usual, right? Uh, I, I, I I'm going to gonna say, go hey. with. I'm, I'm going to go with like point one
0: three. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how strong the Jim Nance uh, home martini is, but I'm going to go ahead and guess that uh, much like the. I'm
2: guessing it's a pretty heavy pour.
0: Yes, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that Phil Mickelson would have blended in seamlessly. Uh, with the uh, gentleman of Madison Street in Manhattan in the fifties, in the in, in a traditional power lunch sense, where I'm thinking anywhere between three to five wildly strong martinis for Phil Mickelson. Yeah. That and that probably puts him at a minimum of point one two, which is just got Gotta like it. Got it's absolutely great. Phil is in peak form. Uh, uh, golf game. I'm not sure quick, about, but getting back getting
2: getting back to it. I'm yeah. You know, I'm getting a ton of our buddies. Like hey. Hey, when's the next podcast already?
0: That was my fault. That last week was a little difficult. What, what, what can I do to make it up to our listeners?
2: I think they're, I think they're just getting, I think they really enjoy it, Kyle. I, I think our, our audience is growing. I think, I think, like I think we're that. giving the people what they want. Yes. We're getting yes. the people going. Yes. To quote your buddy, Jordo.
1: Yes,
0: exactly. Oh, uh, well, uh, well, for all of you listening out there, we very much appreciate it. And really, I will tell you what, if you have not done so already, the number one way that you can support this podcast is to subscribe, whether it be on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, I believe, or on Spotify. I have to admit, I've been told that we are, and I have done an excellent job of not verifying that fact. So it is entirely possible, <laughs> entirely possible, that you can find us on Spotify. But yeah, subscribing to this podcast and give us a listen—that is the best way to support uh, what me and Jesper do on this thing. And I, I'm very, very appreciative for each and every one of you. That The several hundred of you that subscribe already, I tip my cap to you. And let, Let's try to get several hundred more. Let, let's get this actual every every single episode subscription thing into the thousands.
2: I, I, we're not that far away. Let's we, get this thing. Hey, let's go get this bread, cop huh? Let's get this G-Bird. Let's get it into thousands. God, I love it. Absolutely love it.
0: Yes. Basically, what's going to happen is our podcast subscription total Um is going to be experiencing a influx of talent and execution much in the same way that Brooks Kepka has played the last two US Opens and the same way we expect him to play this weekend. So I I feel very very good, confident and really I just want somebody to tell us that they can't that we're not going to get more podcast subscribers so we can use it as bulletin board material to just get out there and
2: crush it. We need to be left out of the conversation of conversations Kyle. We need that like you said Get that chip on the shoulder, get mm-hmm. people going mm-hmm. if you build it, they will come absolutely right,
0: absolutely right, yes, oh, which is perfect. Well, on that note Boat, before I bid you adieu, and we put the wrap on this thing uh any any last uh last thoughts you want to share with uh with me and our loyal, savagely interested listeners?
2: Yes, I do. if you are going to the open, so the food prices are going to be through the roof, along with the alcohol prices. Yes. If you're not in a uh, financial situation to just, you know, drop 300 on food and beverages with your group, go to the deli. The sundry shop on the north side of the putting green across the street. Amazing deli. And they sell beer and wine. At supermarket prices, Kyle. On 17 Mile Drive. I didn't even know that existed. It is the biggest go to veteran move ever. Yes. Yes.
0: This is the kind of inside info you are going to get on the Golf Guide podcast, everybody. You're not going to hear Fox talking about the best deli prices. No. 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 This, This is exclusive intel from a Pebble Beach veteran and Golf Guide podcast host. But This this is beautiful. I mean, all right. They have
2: everything you need. Oh, well, what we didn't talk about, Kyle, is probably best place to spectate from. Mm. Which is for me, it's the middle of nowhere, and you know what I'm talking about. Right in between six, eight, and fourteen.
1: Mm. Mm. There's going to be a lot. Great.
2: There's going to be a lot, and I mean a lot of. Younger people there looking to have a phenomenal time. (laughs) And our Uh, listeners are maybe a little bit on the young side. And it is a really, really, really social environment. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, You are not, not far. You can make the jaunt up to seven. Okay, yeah. Yeah, mom. Yeah, dad. We saw seven. We were there for like a half a beer. And then we were behind eight green watching those approach shots come in. And then we were watching the guys try and go for fourteen and two that, and then towards the end of the day, make your way, make your way towards seventeen and eighteen
0: it sounds perfect to me i i, I i'm I'm all in I know that uh, my buddy Pete um who was a superintendent down on the peninsula, I'm pretty sure that is his go to spot as well and uh if I know Pete. Pete enjoys himself a good time so I, I I'm, gonna Absolutely. Use, I'm, I'm gonna use that as a, as a way to verify this Intel that you've uh, bestowed upon all of us so I, I think that's great oh, great, yeah. great stuff there um, awesome man I, I admittedly I'm a little uh, I'm a little sad that I'm not gonna be down there spectating this weekend but uh, as we were talking about before we started recording this podcast man there there's really almost nowhere I would rather be than right in front of my television for all of oh. Sunday at a major championship uh, it's going to be awesome, man. We're, we're in store for a really kick-ass golf tournament.
2: I sure hope so. I look forward to this. Uh, yeah, yeah, especially at Pebble. Oh, special.
0: Oh, it's going to be awesome. Well, Boat, thank you very much, as always, for joining me, my friend. Uh, let's. Uh, w- w- what do you say? We reconvene uh, Monday or something like next week to, to, to talk it all over what we saw over the weekend? Got to do it. Perfect. Absolutely got to do it. Perfect. Love it, man. All right. Well, with that being said, everybody, have a wonderful day rest of your week have a phenomenal US Open weekend I hope you guys are down there if you're listening to this and you do end up going and you have any great stories or insights let me and Jess know we want to hear about it so we can talk about it on the podcast next week we uh, want to
2: hear from you
0: yes please uh, you can either send it to Kyle kyle at golfguide.net net email uh, or if you're more of a social media kind of person uh, the golf guide is on Facebook and Instagram uh, just message us one of there. If you got you know if you got some good intel, let us know. Uh yeah, it'd just be awesome. You know, we're we're trying to get the listeners involved here, Bo. This is this is what uh apparently all the, the new hot podcasts are doing, that they're just whoring out their content to uh the listeners, which hey, as long as you got a good story, I'm in. Oh
2: that okay, that one last thing. Please. <laughs> if you're staying down there, if you're staying down there, uh you gotta go to sticks. It's Spanish Day.
0: Yes, I've heard about after steps. the round.
2: Get yourself a cocktail. bagpiper will be playing at sundown. And if you're staying in downtown Monterey, the Mucky Duck, uh, Alvarado Street, mm-hmm. a lot of the younger pros and caddies frequent the Mucky Duck.
1: Really? Oh,
2: that
0: is yep. again. That is more phenomenal than. Do you, do you hear that, everybody? If you are going to be down there, monkey and you duck. Want, if you want to have a chance to run into some PGA Tour professionals and their loopers, the monkey duck.
1: Lucky duck.
0: Perfect. All right. On that note, thank you again, everybody. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back next week. Jesper, thank you again, as always, my friend. And uh, until next week, adios, everybody.
2: Partner, talk to you sir.